0: Hi, Caleb. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm feeling pretty special. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. This is going to be, uh, I've been waiting to, to record this episode
1: since we started, so it should be good. Uh, what are we drinking tonight? Tonight, for, to mark this special occasion, we have created a new cocktail mm-hmm. uh, that, that we have made up, and it is called, appropriately enough, the Model 3. What do we got inside of this uh, uh, so since Yeah, since we were calling it the Model 3, we went with three base spirits. We've got some bourbon, some rye, and some uh, apple brandy, uh, and then a little Benedictine to, to bind it together, mm-hmm. and a dash of bitters, and, uh, you know, mix in a, mix with ice, stir, uh, and then uh, strain into a cocktail glass, served with a garnish of a, maybe an orange twist. And uh, it's a very boozy concoction. It is. It's quite like,
0: uh, quite Tesla in, in that they serve lots of booze at their special events.
1: So, uh, (laughs) and it's kind of a no frills, uh, pure performance experience. Yes, it is. It, it really gets you there quick. Um, so, uh, so we'll, we'll put the recipe in the, in, in the Reddit. Um, so if, if, if anyone else would like to drink along with this special commemorative cocktail, uh, they should feel free to do so.
0: So as we are alluding to and we spoke about in our last episode, we were very fortunate to get to attend the Model 3 uh, delivery slash handover event at the Fremont factory uh, this past Friday. So I thought we could take tonight's episode to run through what happened at the event, um, what we experienced there, our reactions uh, having been there and then what we now know, uh, having left the event and more details being revealed and press events
1: and all that stuff. Uh, how many people in the world right now do you think have ridden in a Tesla model three?
0: Uh, probably under a thousand. Oh yeah. A couple hundred. Wow. We're in rarefied air. The employees who were in attendance didn't get to ride in it. Uh, so yeah, there were thousands of Tesla employees. So, um, okay. I'm so, jumping ahead a bit. That's okay. So uh, first things first, we uh, went over to a little pre-event dinner organized by Ben Sullins uh, over at Teslanomics, and uh, Trevor Page from Model Three Owners Club, uh, and um, Ken were there. And then we drove over with them to the Fremont factory. And so some people may have seen they, they were de- they decided to live stream that drive. So we were in the <laughs> rear of the. Uh, of the vehicle. It was kind of shocking how many people were watching that.: I think there were like five or six hundred people who were watching, so they, they have quite a lot of followers so that was uh, unexpected. <laughs> so we did a little uh, driving tour of uh, Palo Alto in the uh, Fremont area. Um, so we arrived at the factory. And uh, we went to a special lot that we had never gone to before, uh, the South Lot.
1: And it was it was actually quite near where we actually saw the Model Three after the VIP event we went to a true. couple months ago. We we were in the the rail yard adjacent to the uh, test track, and this was on the other side of that.
0: Right. So we we pulled in and parked uh, the vehicle got out and then there was a little tent area and some Tesla employees with all the badges. So then we met up with Russell and Anwar Beck who were our hosts, um, and, and helped us. We were there plus twos. Um, <laughs> shout out. Shout out to them, uh, Tesla geeks. And, um, so we, uh, got our badge and the first surprise of the night was they said, and you're going to get test drives and, uh, test rides. And they said, you got to go on the P 100 D on the test track. So I was cool, cool. And they're like, but you also get to go in the model three. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. We actually get to go in the car because I had spoken to one or two people who were at at Tesla ahead of time and they did not intimate that we were going to actually be in the vehicle. So I was just hoping we get to see a couple up close. And um, so that was a very pleasant uh, surprise to start the (laughs) night.
1: Uh, You're you're, you're underplaying a bit. You kind of squealed like a teenage girl at a Ed Sheeran concert.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, you, you heard me. I, I was I can't remember. It was sort of a blur. So that was really exciting. <laughs> uh, and so then we got into a, uh, a bus, um, to get driven over to the factory. So they weren't letting anyone park close to the factory. They, they were doing the control checkpoint at the parking area, um, to make sure no one
1: unauthorized got in, I guess. <laughs> and they um, were not, they were not Tesla buses. We were in a dirty, uh, fossil fuel burning Mercedes Benz bus. Right. And apparently
0: the air conditioning wasn't working in the back. You were in the front.
1: Um, oh, so it was blasting me in the front. I was almost shivering. There was there was none in the back. So I it was, was riding shotgun in the bus. Yeah. yeah.
0: So we were we were waiting for some ready to ready to go. Um, So we drove over, you know, minute, a couple minute drive over to the main area. So then we get out of the bus and very quickly uh, we go up this little ramp and then look to our left. And then we see a red Model 3 just hanging out maybe 50 feet away. And so then everyone's cameras come out and starting to snap photos. And then you get to the top of the ramp and you look out and then there's a sea of model threes. So there's, everyone's all excited about this one little model three off to the side. Oh my God, do you see the model three? It's right there. It's awesome. And it's still sunny out now when we arrive. And then you get to the top and there are people saying, wait, there's like 40 of them over there. So we <laughs> dash up the up the way a little bit and every every like there's all these Tesla employees wearing black shirts with a three on them and saying, Welcome, welcome, so excited to have you guys here. You're like, Oh, cool, cool. Um, and but you're just trying to get over and then you see all these model threes all lined up at the superchargers, and I'm sure many people have seen these photos now. And it was just Model Three overload. I mean, <laughs> every color, every wheel option uh, that's available, all there, and just sort of so funny that for months, uh, been sort of hoping to get little, catch a glimpse of one Model Three, and driving by the the Fremont, and the you know we saw the silver one, and then I've seen a couple over by the headquarters. And sort of always felt a little illicit trying to, you know, catch a glimpse of one.
1: (laughs) They used to be rare.
0: Yeah. And now we're here and there's like 40 of them just hanging out and it's no big deal. So that took a little bit to acclimate to. Um, And so then we walk up and it's, uh, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred feet by like 40 or 50 feet wide sort of area that they've got some faux walls and lots of topiaries and a couple bars, um, carpeting and a DJ playing you know, fresh house music and pop music. Um,
1: oh, you're skipping ahead. Before we went sorry, in sir. there, we went right to the, uh, to the test drives. That's true. So, so, there were no lines, no waiting when we when we first arrived. We were pretty early.
0: Yeah, it was sort of like yeah, we got in right at like the seven seven o two. I looked at my watch, and we were in, and so we were there right on schedule. And uh, so it was sort of like magic hour at Disneyland or Disney World. Uh, we sort of got to go on the ride first. So the first ride was a P one hundred D Ludicrous on the track. So not many people seem to be taking them up on this, and it was like you get to go on the test track in one of the quickest cars in the world this awesome, like, let's go do this. So we sort of go through the stanchions and it's, you know, it is like a little ride and they just have some beautifully, you know, perfectly detailed P100Ds. I think ours was white. We got in
1: they were were literally detailing them as people got out they were wiping there was a a group of people wiping all the fingerprints off and and then it would loop around and pick up more people
0: right so you and i were the only we we were just the only two in that at that point and we got in and i took the front seat and you were in the rear seat our driver was very friendly and uh, asked if he could record it and he said no problem so i recorded some of it and um he's like have you been in a p100d before and we're like we've been in one or two and an x and whatever and he's like this will be pretty different because we're going to be going out on the test track and uh i'm a professional driver and (laughs) i know how i know what i'm doing uh so he definitely was uh was ready to, to give us a good um a good show and uh yeah so we went out on the track and uh it was a little bit tame in the beginning but then you start coming up to these huge banks and really started to push it around the banks and it was really really fun. Yeah. It's uh, a weird
1: it's a kind of a weird track cuz it's 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 not an oval because of the way the amount of space they have so it's kind of a pinched oval and it yeah. it almost looks like if you remember the old uh 110 uh film canisters from the 80s it kind of looks like that where it's like got kind of two loops on the end and the the center's all pinched together
0: yeah it reminds me of some of the old like uh sega racetrack game like the default racetrack it's like one yeah. long straightaway and then a little pinched bit and then it, and we were driving on the left side of the road which was weird and he, he was definitely like our track is a little awkward um <laughs> But it didn't really matter. No, so no, no. we uh, we got out there. We go around this really steep bend for one of the turns, which was really fun to sort of be sucked in. And he's just talking about the vehicle a bit more and how it's you know the quickest production car and giving the spiel. And then we get to this area and he says, "Okay, we're entering the 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 Watt Box." Like, what's a, what's a Watt Box? And he's like, "It's uh, the wide open throttle area." So we then come to a full stop he says, I'm going to put it in launch mode, uh, and, and we'll do the full zero to 60 in whatever, 2.2 seconds. So, and then he was like, I think we'll be able to do it. Uh, cause the wind is pretty good right now. I was like, wow. <laughs> thinking about like the wind conditions for our zero to 60 time. I like, I like the way you're thinking. <laughs> so then he, you're sitting in the back, I'm sitting in the front. He says, you know, make sure you're ready. I tighten my seatbelt. I put my head up against the
1: back, uh, headrest and he hits the accelerator. Yeah, I should also point out, I did not do these things, he asked. I don't, well, I don't know what you were thinking. He, he's like, promised. are you ready? And I'm like, sure. And I like lean, I'm like sitting behind Caleb in the in the rear seat on the passenger side. And I, I decided to lean over into the center and I'm, I'm recording this and I'm holding my, my phone in oh, landscape man. mode and I'm holding it and I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. And ready <laughs> meaning like, yes, I've got the shot framed and I'm ready to record. <laughs> And then he slams on the accelerator and my head, my whole body and my head literally snaps backwards. My head slams into the, oh into the thing and you could see it if you looked at my, uh, I was posting it to uh, Instagram. I post my Instagram story and you could actually see like all of a sudden the video just like jumps out and you hear it. <clears throat> As my head hits the bar.
0: <laughs> so I didn't know you were you were trying to get a photo in the middle. I just thought you th- had to put your head thought, back all the way.
1: No, I thought I was ready. I was not ready. It is it is no joke. You cannot just hold yourself like that. You need to be like buckled in. The weird thing is, I remember hearing a thud
0: sound, and I can't think about why there was a thud sound. And it must have just been you hitting <laughs> that because that it was doesn't my make head any sense. Hitting the
1: divider behind the behind the passenger seats. Yeah. So then instantly you feel this
0: huge. Pressure on your chest, and it's like ugh, kind of roller coaster feeling, and then I remember looking over and seeing we're going thirty or forty, and then in, like then a few seconds later we're going eighty, and I was like, "What the?"
1: It looked like it, it looked like some sort of sped up video or something. The the way the speedometer was running up, like, and and I've watched it again on on the video too, and looking at the timestamp for the video right. and watching the thing, it's just. It's impossibly fast. It was so crazy. And there was no
0: wheel spin because it was all wheel drive, obviously. And so the very beginning of it, you're just like Ugh, trying to hold on. And then it gets a 30 or 40 and you think you're OK. And it just keeps going, which yeah. is, I think, the really special part of the P100D. And, and-
1: the, I guess the, the selling point, too, is that it was so quiet and silent that you heard my head slam into the uh upholstery
0: i did i did and i heard the motor whine as well uh <laughs> so he did the full launch mode and then um we then came around a really steep uh bank and so that one i i would think in the video you can hear me sort of go Ugh, like i was just it was kind of and i was trying to breathe hard to try and like a fighter i don't know it sort of felt like i was in one of those tests like fighter pilot things or whatever where or you go in a roller coaster and on the down they got yeah. those really steep banks you're like oh and you can feel your face getting pushed across because like it was we really been wearing steep... those like
1: fighter pilot, like pressurized pants or something.
0: I mean, it was a really, I don't, did you feel that as well? Like oh, it, yeah. it just,
1: this pressure against the seat and just like, Oh my God, it was a little intense. It was nice because it actually distracted me from the pain in my neck from oh, man. having my head snapped backwards. So that, so that was nice.
0: So then he lets up a little bit and you can sort of take some, take a breath or whatever. And he's like, cool. How, how was that? I was like, that's pretty great. Uh, <laughs> that's why they call it a roller coaster? I don't even remember exactly what I said. And then He's like, cool. So that can be it. Or if you want, we can, you know, go do a little slalom. (laughs) We're like, okay, sure. Give us the work.
1: So, (laughs) Or we could just sit here and you could keep asking us stupid
0: questions. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what are we going to ask? I mean, like just, yes, of course, we're out here on a racetrack. Like, please do whatever you want. So then we go over to this area and I'm like, hmm, there aren't any cones or anything. And he's like, it's going to be a little freestyle or something. He said, and, and so then he's like, are you ready? And we're like, sure. And then I, then I just remember being like, (laughs) I'm on the right hand side of the door. I'm on the left hand side of my, my like, And we just like jerking back and forth. And I remember, I think I heard you in the back sort of sliding around because <laughs> you, you obviously don't have as much bolstering in the back seat. Yeah. So you were just sliding around and. My it was knees really were slamming
1: flat. into the door and then slamming yeah. <laughs> into the center console. <laughs> and and I, had then, like, I had widened my stance too to try and brace myself, and it, it did not help. And then I remember
0: uh hearing like the the tire screeching I'm like oh my god are we going to roll over like he was just really cranking it and there was yeah. no rhyme or reason he was just like as soon as he would lock out the wheel he would lock it out the other way and so then we then we ended that uh luckily and um and then we just sort of rolled into the main area but that was yeah I mean I was thinking about afterwards and it really was like a roller coaster ride um yeah. and we were on you know in a car so Uh, a lot of respect for anyone who actually has to race, uh, for hours, uh, because that's a very intense, I mean, I remember getting out and, you know, feeling a little bit queasy and sort of, you know, on edge, it it was not a relaxing (laughs) experience by any stretch, but very, very fun, very cool, and not something you would ever really be able to do on the street. So very fortunate, very cool to go on both the Tesla test track to do that and have, you know, the, the latest, greatest P100D
1: get to feel that. It really is special. It's crazy how fast we accelerated. I mean, I've 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 never. I mean, I guess maybe uh, in an airplane on takeoff or something, but maybe no, not. not even a, not even airplane. I feel an like airplane. that's more of no. a gradual buildup. It's super yeah. gradual. Yeah, yeah. This was this was insane. I mean, most roller coasters aren't even this quick to accelerate. So it it's Ferrari great. owners don't even get to accelerate this fast.
0: So that was very fun. Uh, so I highly recommend it. In the most Ferris Bueller stay off way, <laughs> uh, if you have the means, have the means yeah. uh, find a way to get on a test track with a P1 under D. Um, <laughs> so then like that could have been it. Like I could have, I could have gone back in and been like, okay, I'll go watch this from home. Luckily I didn't have to, but that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and I didn't see many people talk about that. I don't think
1: many people even did those rides. No, there were, there weren't as many people. I think everyone was just there either for the model three or to socialize. And yeah. we
0: were like, yeah, sure. Give it to us. So then we, uh, so then we go into the bar to the, to the mingling area. And this is where all the, they had sort of the people who were the uh, guests uh, from outside of the Tesla family B. And so there were some bars and some IMAX on one side and a bunch of sofas and chairs. And people were just sort of mingling. And we, you know, we got there right at seven. So there weren't too many people there at that point. Got a drink, um, and uh, just sort of chatting with all the other uh Tesla Tesla folks and Tesla media people and whatnot. Um so the, the bar cocktails were not up to our usual standards, but they were We're free, a little snooty so. in that way, so it's yeah. it's okay. Um so then let's see, uh had some hors d'oeuvres, they had some cheese, they had some little <laughs> triangular cheese. Yeah, they had some little burgers, they had some little pulled pork on little pieces of toast or whatever. Um it was all fine. Um, and then it started to get a little bit darker out. And so it was getting closer to to Elon going on. So, we, you know, we ended up doing a little broadcast on the YouTube channel ahead of time uh, before <laughs> that, just to sort of let people check in and see. And,
1: and oh, then yeah. someone if you want to see the triangular cheese, it's, it's in there.
0: Yeah, so if you just go to our YouTube channel, I'm going to put on the website uh, so people can link there now. Um, then the head of sales for Tesla got up on a little mini stage at the end of this uh, sort of this edge of this um, holding area they had us in. It, holding area makes it sound bad, but it was nice. Um, and sort of balcony. Talking, if you say yeah, balcony, it sounds fancier. It was a balcony or a terrace. Um, thanking us, thanking all the people who had done referrals, uh, how much gasoline those people cumulatively had saved and whatnot. And then uh, talking about the referral program, the upcoming enhancements of the referral program, and then uh, some people started coming over and telling us, oh, Elon's going to come speak pretty soon if you just mind walking out here and, uh, you know, we'll be getting started soon. So that was that was when things started to get real. So, <laughs> well, we saw his mom sitting there too before Oh, that. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so May Musk was was there. Um, I didn't say hello to her. I didn't want to bother her, but she, she was there and some of his uh, children were there in in the uh in the vip area and then we saw steve jervitson come in right um and he got his car uh, on friday we now know after the fact um (laughs) so we saw some photos of it so he was there um and then uh jb straubel was walking around a little bit and franz von holshausen was walking around so there were you know tesla people there so it was kind of neat Um, and then, so we walk up some stairs and then we were on this, uh, raised platform above all the employees. And so one of the things we noticed when we got out there was like, they had the spider cam thing or what is it called?
1: (laughs) I think it's called a spider cam. Like the the camera that, that flies around on cables that you see at sporting events uh, or like higher end sporting events.
0: Yeah. or Or if they're like recording a concert or something for the DVD or whatnot. Um, yeah
1: it was really high production values. There was the spider cam. There were like large, uh, like broadcast, TV yeah. broadcast cameras. There was uh, cameras on cranes. There was a guy on steady cam or multiple steady yeah, cams multiples. running around. There yeah. was a, a live feed from, well, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but yeah, there was, there was a lot of, of high production values going on.
0: So we were ushered up to this area. And so all those three or 400 people, maybe 200, 200 300 people, maybe, um, who are in our area were there and there was a super secret vip area which was for like (laughs) investors and tesla employees who were getting their vehicles which was one tier above us and uh and so you could definitely see all the tesla's model threes out there at these seemingly new superchargers which may or may not be for the public probably for
1: charging and deliveries uh and for employees yeah they did say that they they drive all the vehicles after they come off the assembly of the manufacturing line so maybe they charge them up there or
0: yeah they i mean they were cement they weren't temporary so yeah they I think didn't look new, like, temporary um so then uh they do a little pre-show with which i don't know if was broadcast publicly um on the live stream i, I some oh, of our friends it? we were talking to didn't um didn't seem to have all of it but um
1: maybe maybe it was um Did anyways start after the love day videos or was that part of the live stream as well
0: i think it was well the official video that that tesla released just has elon coming on stage oh so that cut out everything so they cut out a lot of the beginning anyways they had some of that area um of talking about production and then they went to the gigafactory
1: and uh, a lot like a not just it was almost like watching one of these new year's eve broadcasts where they're in Times square and then they throw it to i don't know Halifax or something where it's already been New Year's Eve or or whatever. There's like a ton of people there and there's like a presenter hosting and then they threw it back and it was, yeah, it was it it was very, like, I I guess I keep coming back saying it was high production values but clearly it was. I mean, there was a live satellite feeds and equipment everywhere and crowds. And it was a big deal.
0: It reminded me a little bit of how they do at the SpaceX events where they'll have some of the people, different employees talk about different aspects of the mission and cutting over to different people and then cutting out to the video stream in the outside area. But uh, yeah, so initially we're just like, wow, this is pretty, uh, pretty nice production values. And then we see the, the music changes. It gets dark and all the lights sort of shift a little bit. And then we hear some loud music come on and then we see a car monkeys came on. Yeah. And then we see a car driving up onto stage and we are pretty far back. So if you watch the live stream, you saw the, the crowd in the front, those are all Tesla employees. So at the back of that crowd, there was maybe a 30, 35 foot, um, riser. And then we were at the top of that riser and then there's another riser, probably one floor above us. Um, so we were pretty far back. So when he got out of the vehicle, when Elon got out, I could barely see that it was him from our
1: distance. So <laughs> what was uh, it you said it could have been an imposter for all we know?
0: Yeah, it could have, I mean it could have been an imposter from what we could see, and then they had the the follow cam, so you could actually tell tell who it was. But the uh, they they had a Tesla a Model S with a projector on top of it, and so they were projecting onto the back wall, and you were like, is this? vga resolution projector (laughs) or something it was not very high resolution so they were just projecting straight onto the factory um yeah uh, and so elon went through we're not really going to go through too many details of what he talked about if you want to watch the video you can lots of i think most people who are listening to our podcast probably have already (laughs) watched it multiple times and i would hope
1: you would hit the primary source
0: first Yeah, and if in many future episodes people are listening to this, this we're referring to the Model 3 delivery event, so it'll it'll be on YouTube. Um, So, Elon, I think the most notable thing is that the entire presentation from Elon coming on stage to leaving the stage, I think, was something like 15 minutes. (laughs) It was really fast. It was very quick. And uh, so he talked a little bit about uh, the production of the vehicle, a little bit about the safety of the vehicle. He talked about the two major models the regular and the, the the standard and and long range. And then he sort of pointed over, they did the love day videos that was before. And then he went over to the vehicles and was like, okay, and we're going to start delivering these vehicles. And then that was, that was sort of it. Um, that was it. And he he thanked the employees for, for the hard work and said, production's going to be, you know, hell. So buckle up. Um, you don't stop in the middle of hell. You just keep going. And then he kind of waved and walked off stage So I remember, I think I turned to you and was like, that's it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like they took some sort of feedback that their events are usually too long and meandering and went in the complete opposite extreme direction. So,
0: yeah, in, in the moment, I was like, hmm. This is not what I was expecting.
1: This is not what I wanted. Well, they they completely left us hanging, too. It was like, Elon was like, and now these people are going to pick up their cars. And he just walked off the stage and there was no instruction as to what everyone else should be doing. There was no, they didn't change the slide to say, like, you know, thank you for coming. Please make your way to the uh, refreshments area until your test drive numbers are called or something. There was nothing. There was just, we just stood there for a while and then people around
0: yeah and the people around (laughs) us didn't know what to do either it wasn't as if just like you and i were sort of lost uh and and now in retrospect i'm thinking about it i have more perspective so i'm glad we didn't record the podcast right then because i was expecting we were going to get autopilot updates i was expecting we were going to get some supercharging info i thought we were going to get a lot more interior shots and you know a little bit more like an apple keynote where they'll talk about things and that sort of the first reveal would have been like WWDC, where they sort of unveil the operating system a little bit, and then they reiterate it when they deliver the new iPhones. And so, yes, there would be some parts of the presentation that would be very similar to what he had shown off at the uh, unveiling last year, but uh, that there'd also be new information and it It would be like a 30 or 40 minute, you know, choreographed presentation. And it it was not that at all. And So now thinking about it, I uh, my sort of belief is that this really was an event for the employees and it really was just sort of to signify we've actually started production uh, and here are some vehicles. Look, they're real. It's not a hoax.
1: And uh, let's get back to work. Um, But, But if it was an event for the employees, why were they the only ones who didn't get to ride in the Model 3? Well, I think one reason
0: was there's thousands of them and only a couple hundred of us and those, the employees will have more access to the Model 3 and honestly, they won't be talking about it as much as the people who were invited guests. And I think the other thing was you realize now if it really was just sort of for employees that we were just sort of there as window dressing, like it's like oh like we can invite some of the the sort of most active referral people as a thank you but it wasn't um it wasn't really intended for us and they now later we found out they did the press briefings earlier in the day uh and test drives for the press earlier um and so the sort of intended audience was really the employees and just generally showing off that they had done some deliveries which i think is fine and i think it really goes back to this idea that they have half we now learned half a million or more reservations they don't need any more reservations Uh, (laughs) they they have more than they can handle right now and it doesn't really do anyone any good to be waiting over a year and a half to get their car if they put in a reservation now and so i think this idea of anti-selling which elon's been talking about on multiple earnings calls and in public remarks and we've covered on the show a lot uh if they had done the full Apple style rollout, I think they would have ended up with a lot more reservations, and honestly they just don't need that right now um, so it's that that's still- sort of my take now is I really just don't think they they didn't need more reservations and more hype and more expectations around the car because there's already enough expectations and pressure on them <clears throat> to deliver what they said they will and build the half a million uh, over the next year and a half. Their, their their plates pretty full. They don't really need
1: more now. (laughs) Maybe. I I don't know. I I still feel like the amount of money and effort that was put into the event kind of belies that a little bit. It was, I mean, you could have done something super simple like that without going so over the top with all of the production values and accoutrements.
0: I I guess part of it is just also to, make i mean they they, he had said publicly they wanted to get some cars out in july and so to really prove that point i guess yeah but you're right i mean they didn't they could have done with you know without the the special overhead camera
1: and (laughs) i feel like just seeing all all that stuff kind of like sets expectations where it's like wow there's so much so much stuff here there's this is going to be an amazing kind of thing i mean there's like you know spotlights all over the place and cameras flying everywhere and turntables for the cars. And yeah, it was, it was really quite a, quite an ordeal.
0: I guess it kind of felt a little bit like you're at a concert and the headline goes up and plays one song and they're like, all right, (laughs) see you later. Like just a little bit of, you you got a taste of what you wanted, but it wasn't quite everything. So I think now I watched it again afterwards and the the percentage of the the talk that was focused on the production was quite high and really trying to communicate that to the team and also publicly that uh, production is going to be challenging. There's over 10,000 parts. Uh, a third of them come from outside the North America. And, uh, and the, if, the
1: graphic they use really did look like missiles incoming. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it was a really funny joke in, in the moment. And watching it back, it was a little bit funny. Uh, not as funny, <laughs> but when he made it in person, it was sort of uh, particularly... Because there's like, it does look like missiles. And then he's like, yeah, it kind of does look like ICBMs. Um, <laughs> a little tough in our current political climate. Um, so then we are done with the presentation we go down like okay well let's let's get ready for these test rides i guess that's what's next
1: (laughs) if nothing else let's go back to the bar right so then we did a
0: little video of our initial super quick impressions um so that's right the hottest of hot takes right super hot take um we'll talk about the range and things in a moment but i wanted to talk about the rides because we got to (laughs) we got to go on rides so we, we, had got, these badges. we got to ride. What do you mean ride, Caleb? What does that mean? Well, we were, we were passengers in the model three. So we had these badges and they had numbers on them and they were indicating sort of our spot, like, a you know, you now serving number 55 in the deli or whatever. I think they still <laughs> do that. Um, anyway, so we were in one of the early batches. So uh, we went up and uh, they punched our badge so that we couldn't do it again. And we we wandered up. And at that point, there were lots of Model 3s, probably eight or nine of all sorts of different colors. And we were in line for maybe 15 minutes or so. And I recorded a lot of it. So we got to see all these Model 3s inches from us because they would... Come drop some, drop some people off and then come around this little horseshoe area and then line up to pick up more passengers. And depending on the timing, there could be three or four Model 3s right in front of us just <laughs>
1: waiting. It really was like being at, at Disneyland or Six Flags or something.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like all these ride vehicles are coming and they happen to be Model 3s with people driving them. Uh, it would have been really funny if they were autonomous, but they were being driven. Um, so we got to see like, almost all the colors up close all the wheels up close uh, could have literally reached out and touched them um and i gotta say the white looked particularly nice in yeah. the darkness right um, that's the
1: other caveat is that this all was after after dark after dark yeah
0: so the white looked particularly good the uh red and blue did not look quite as good in the darkness um the the uh silver looked fine uh the dark gray looked pretty good in the darkness and the black you know is black um <laughs> i would say that the arrow wheels did look better in person because i would look at them without looking at my phone uh, through the viewfinder or through the you know through the screen i was like oh those those actually look pretty good solid and then i look at them on screen and something about the way the lens on the iphone and the screen it just doesn't represent it as well um so I don't know about you, but in person, uh, they I was not as um, negative on the aero wheels, uh, which are now standard, as I was initially. But the sport wheels definitely look, in my opinion, nicer. Uh, they're yeah. both larger, and they just have more of a traditional car sportiness look that uh, belies the EV-ness of, of the vehicle.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's the problem with the aero wheels, is they just look, they scream EV, or you know, novelty vehicle of some sort. Or, you know, that's best case scenario. Worst case scenario, they scream ugly hubcaps. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know. I, I I would like to see if it's an actual, um, if it makes an, a, a meaningful difference on range or if it's more of just a fashion statement in a way.
0: Yeah, I... I would expect at some point there will be more wheels, um, but certainly for the beginning, it seems pretty clear those are the two wheels and still don't have like rock solid confirmation on how those aero wheels work. If you can remove them and still operate the wheel normally, uh, what's behind them, does that still look reasonable? is the 220 mile range they quoted for the standard including the aero wheel efficiency or not probably is what would happen if you don't have them so there's some unanswered questions there um anyways, we were in line, we got to the, our position in line and I was kind of trying to be in the front seat. And there was someone else who ended up getting lumped in with us. So it was sort of like, he was like in the single rider line, essentially at Disney world. And he was like gl- lumped in with us. And then Russell and Anwar Beck were in the car ahead of us. So we didn't get, couldn't all fit. We didn't want to all squeeze in. Uh, and so you were in the back seat and you were by yourself or was there someone else next to you? Wait, weren't you in the back seat with me? Oh yeah, I was in the back seat. Sorry. I was imagining being <laughs> in the front seat. I wasn't. No, the second time, but we're jumping yeah. ahead. So anyway, so I was in the driver's side, passenger driver's side rear yeah. seat, and you were in the passenger side rear seat. So we they opened the door for us. I wanted to try that new door handle and see how it felt but i didn't get to touch it did did you get to touch it i didn't even confirm with you
1: i didn't touch it from the outside but if you'll recall we couldn't actually move because i kept opening and closing the back door yeah you were were you just being silly no i was i was legitimately like playing with the push button because it's it's not a a mechanical door handle it's it's a it's a push button where it's like an electronic button that you push it's it's kind of door opening by wire, I guess. Uh, and, and yeah, I kept playing with that. And it was interesting because I opened it like two or three times and closed it and opened it and closed it. And then the car started rolling and I pushed it again and it didn't open, right, which was interesting. and then But it must have done something because then the guy stopped and then I opened it again.
0: Yeah. I think it was beeping. Cause then he was like, are you trying to get out? Or he thought maybe something was wrong and stopped. Yeah. But so here's my question to you. And I don't even know the answer when you push it, does it pop the door open or does it, is it as if you sort of, um, you know, when you close the door and not all the way it's, you can still open it, but it's not, it doesn't really communicate to you that the door is open.
1: It, it popped it open, like maybe a couple inches. Okay. So, so when you I push it,
0: it and it feels like there's sort of a little bit of a, Burst yeah, of air kind of, pushing it open,
1: very much like if you just like kind of pulled on the handle of a manual door opener without actually pushing on the door, it just kind of unlatches and and pops open a little bit. Okay, cool. Um, it it was just like that, and then I would push it, and then I closed it. And then
0: that button, where how did you feel about the placement of it relative to the part of the door you would grab to sort of push or pull the door closed?
1: I thought that was pretty natural. um So it's basically um, as you have the armrest there, and then there's like a, a Kind of a, a hand grip or something where the it's like a bar that goes up into the door and you kind of it, there's a hole there and you can put your hand through to hold and then like right at the sort of apex of that where the, the that thing meets the door there was a little button and so it was kind of like if you're just kind of grabbing that if you're if your arm is resting on that armrest and your hand goes into the little sort of like I don't know, crux or something. Yeah, Yeah, like the almost like a gun handle or something. Like your thumb just naturally is right there. So I thought that was actually a pretty good placement.
0: And was it illuminated? It had a little. It had one
1: little like like horizontal line on it. And then the the window
0: is below that in sort of the flat horizontal part of the door handle armrest area.
1: I actually don't know. I didn't play with the window at all. Okay. So what's your opinion
0: now? Playing with the button. Do you think that's fanciful or reasonable or because not many cars do that
1: i haven't i've never seen a car uh do that um i don't know i mean i i think it's interesting i think as long as it's reliable it's good um i think eh, like i'm inherently skeptical of things that can go wrong um, and there's something very uh dependable and reliable about a mechanical Uh, assembly where there's like a a lever that you pull and there's like a linkage and it opens the door Um, i feel like if you get into um, any sort of mechanical or i'm sorry any sort of electronic systems you can you have more things that can go wrong Um, but that said uh, you know i've had uh, electric windows on my vehicles for a while now it's been a while since i had a hand crank window and and those all work very reliably so Uh, yeah, maybe this is just the, the next thing, I guess one thing I would worry about if I were in a colder climate would be what happens if the door is frozen. Um, like how much like positive force is being applied to open that door. Uh, but you know, in, in California, that's not going to be a problem. Right. So, uh,
0: the ride, so we get in and thinking back on it, if, I know it was people a have a lot to take in. Yeah, I was just <laughs> going to say I, I know a lot of people probably want as much detail and recollection as possible, but it really was uh sort of overwhelming the amount of stuff I was trying to experience at once <laughs> and I looked back at the, the video and we had about 3 minutes. So it was an extremely short amount of time and even watching the own, our own videos that you recorded, there were parts that I just didn't even remember Questions I don't remember asking. Things he, <laughs> our driver said that I don't remember. So yeah. sort of blacked, not blacked out, but um, it, was <laughs> it was very overwhelming. It's very overwhelming. But of the things that the the impressions I had, um, it is very difficult to photograph the glass roof in a way that communicates its interestingness and sort of (laughs) especially at night right so we got in and you and i are in the back and one of the things about the model s that i rented last week was when i was in the back uh my head the left side of my head was touching the rear of the model s and i always felt like i needed to kind of slunch down slurp down a little bit yeah there was plenty of leg because
1: the the seats are like elevated it's like stadium seating too in the model s like there you're a little higher than the front seats
0: yeah and so we got in slid in and i didn't i didn't notice that i don't i didn't notice feeling crammed like a coop or something
1: so oh yeah it was very spacious it was it was nice
0: i had no problems with headroom i think you're definitely you're definitely taller than me and uh and i don't think you had any problems you didn't i looked over and you had Yep. Definitely space above your head towards the glass roof. So,
1: yeah, I thought it was very in, in all directions uh, leg room, headroom, and arm room was all very comfortable.
0: Right. And so I remember also seeing you had like inches between your knees and the f- the seat in front of you. And I didn't even come close to hitting the seat uh, in front of me. So yeah. it, w- it was not cramped. And we now know that the legroom in the rear is only like two tenths of an inch less than the Model S. So if you want to know what the legroom is like in a Model 3, go sit in a Model S at a local Tesla store <laughs> and you'll have a very good idea of what the rear legroom is like. The headroom is like two inches more. So yeah. That's not yeah. the same.
1: I am still a little bit concerned about if you go over some sort of like speed bump or something. Uh there's it's not gonna be a, a gentle like like for instance, if you're an idiot and you're not prepared when someone guns it off of the line and your head goes flying backwards, <laughs> you're not gonna hit anything soft, you're gonna hit glass. Um But that that's probably, you know, the same thing could be said about like lateral motion and you're gonna hit glass on the sides as well.
0: Right. So we were in the long range premium black vehicle right. which is the only vehicle they're producing right now. And so these are for the premium interior, but one thing I continue to see misinformation about, so just to try and clear it up again, rear passengers no matter which vehicle you get from the base model all the way up to the most decked out, rear passengers will have glass over their head. There's no yes. way around that and that is standard. The optional glass roof is in between the the windshield and the rear piece of glass, where a sunroof in most cars traditionally would be. So just so everyone knows, the optional glass roof is not the rear glass. It's that middle section glass, which is arguably the sort of least important part of the glass. Um, So the special glass that's unique to the Model 3 is on all of them. So just wanted to super clear that up. And I remember turning around and looking out the back and up, and it was pretty cool looking, even though it's tinted uh it was noticeably different experience having yeah. all that glass around um
1: yeah it was interesting how looking forward you don't really notice it i mean maybe you you would during the day when there's like more daylight coming in than you would otherwise have in the back seat of a vehicle but at night you didn't really notice when i turned around it was obviously very noticeable and interesting Um, But then you could also even tell where, even though it was all one piece of glass going from like the B pillars all the way back to the the back of the car, um, there was actually uh, like a rear defroster on the sort of rear window. So you could see some like lines going across and then like one final line of like horizontal line of the, I don't know if it was the defroster or whatever it was that kind of looked like where you would imagine um, a hatchback would like. Tilt. have its hinge yeah um so it kind of delineated almost like the end of the quote-unquote roof and the beginning of the quote-unquote rear window yeah uh, also even though the, it was all one thing
0: yeah also the way the tinting worked uh obviously the tint has to reduce quite substantially when you start to look in the rear uh glass portion for for rear visibility and also regulation um so yeah when you look straight back it it's just clear relatively clear and then as you start to look up it fades so um, It was definitely very nice. Didn't get in the way. Um, The seat I was sitting on for the rear was comfortable. It was in the black uh, vegan synthetic leather that they now offer across the entire line. So um, it was firm uh, but not hard. I didn't feel sort of the squishiness you would in like a low quality rental car. Um, you know, where you yeah. sort of feel the, the metal below the seat. So it felt plush, but firm. Um, yeah, all the materials I start, I was touching were very soft. Uh, you could feel the Alcantara, which is sort of the faux suede on the inlays of the back door. Uh, it could play with the vent on the middle console, uh, that was facing us. Uh, so we can sort of adjust that and see the two USB ports. Uh, pom- there was a,
1: like a magazine pouch behind the the front seats.
0: Yep. There was a, the pouch for that. There was a, the, uh, uh, side door panel, a uh, little pocket for us as well in the, in the doors. And then there was the center divider. So the middle seat has the a pretty common, you know, way to pop down an armrest with two cup holders in it. And then also the middle seat had a, uh, retractable, uh, lowerable and, and raiseable sort of headrest if you do or do not have uh, a middle
1: occupant in the rear yeah I, oh, and it should also be noted that the 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 little armrest thing that folds down in between the two rear um, passengers it it looks like it might have a ski hole where you can actually like fit skis through, but it does not it's not all the way through. it's just a, a kind of armrest thing that comes down with the cup holders. that doesn't actually pass all the way through into the trunk.
0: Yeah, it's, the rear is just a 60-40 split, um, so they, they don't seem to have the uh, the ski pass-through. Um, so so that was the rear, and looking forward, the dashboard uh, was definitely <laughs> unique. So your favorite part? I think the dashboard is, is, in combination with the touchscreen, my favorite part. Yeah. Um, because where we were sitting... The 15 inch screen, even in dark mode at 0% brightness is quite, uh, impressive (laughs) and was very clear from where I was sitting. could see everything, no like low resolution issues or anything. And because we were driving at so such a slow speed, it also was extremely quiet. I don't think we really got over 30 miles an hour. And so like we talked about on the model S anything under 25, or 30 miles an hour is extremely quiet. Um, yeah. and I would say this was almost more quiet. Uh, it's possible there was more sound dampening, um, than in the model S. I think it's, I think it is possible also because the tires are not as huge.
1: And it was a very rough road we were on too. That was, I thought that was kind of interesting that they were test driving on such a rough, like really beat up like parking lot road. I I thought might maybe they would have thought to kind of pave (laughs) to put a fresh coat of asphalt down or something but no we went on the on the pothole like beat up road yeah so i wasn't paying super
0: close attention to be honest to like just absorbing and feeling the ride um but nothing stood out as like bouncy or like uh, anything like that so it felt fine but the uh, the touchscreen was impressive, because as soon as we got in, you could see stuff happening. You could see on the left-hand portion where they have the car representation that like we were in park, and there were doors open and people didn't have their seatbelts on, and so you could see all those sort of indicators. And then things sort of got locked in and ready to go, and then moved into drive. And then the top-down view switched to the autopilot-style sort of matchbox car running down the track view. And could see the little parking sensors lighting up because we were near like metal stanchions and people and driving by cars and they all lit up. So the screen was extremely sort of alive with stuff happening, <laughs> but it was everything else was so still and empty and dark. There, there was some accent light in the sort of door pockets and whatnot, but generally it was quite um, empty and I was then just sort of facing forward, just watching what was happening on the screen. And uh, it looked great because it's just a map, really, and then music on the bottom and then the left-hand side. And we asked our driver to do a lot. And unfortunately, he didn't seem to be the most well-informed driver of all of (laughs) the ones that I later watched videos of. Yeah. Um, But that was fine. Um, So the ride went by very quickly. uh, Yeah, because we
1: didn't go on the track or do any sort of... It was basically just a, a leisurely ride around the parking lot.
0: Right, like I said, yeah, we didn't get up very quickly. We did a couple turns, and it was only like three minutes. So, um, at least that time. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> that the uh, my initial impression after getting out was obviously I wanted to go ride a lot more. I wanted to drive it, but that the, gotta say when I first saw the photos leak of the interior, it it didn't it didn't look like something I wanted. Um, oh really. Well, not not the dash, like the very the reveal photos from March of last year I was like I want that. The white interior and everything looked super cool. Uh, but then when the leaked photos came out of the uh, release candidates of the people got some of the interior, it was if you remember it was like messy and there was like fused drink in like the cup holders <laughs> and paper <laughs> there were, there all were over wires the wires and various yeah, components. Yeah, wires and it looked yeah. kind of dusty and not clean and I was like Ugh. I don't know. This black interior does does not look premium at all. It didn't look great to me. And those photos were not super high quality. But then when I saw it in person, I was like, oh yeah, like this is, this is actually extremely well done, very refined. And the dashboard looked good. Just all the quality of the materials that are really hard to photograph, especially on on a cell phone. Yeah. That sort of extra character that things have in real life, that real wood have, that you can't always tell from a photo or uh, the, the sort of leather or the plushness and the cleanness in the just super, super clear glass and all the things that you would do to make a car look good. When you experience it that way, uh, it definitely came across really high quality. And then also having just come from the Model S test drive this felt much more taut and put together and austere and sort of modern like this really felt like a car from the future where the model S to me at least while I love that vehicle and I would take one gladly if that was you know if the model 3 didn't exist I would probably be trying to get an S or an X the 3 uh philosophically more aligns with my personal style and desires for Objects to be more refined and minimalist and uh, reductionist, so it it fulfilled that for me. And the finish of it uh, was high quality. So I think there's a difference between it being simple and crappy, and simple and well executed. And I, right. I think it definitely aired for me at least more on the well executed, especially when I got to do the sec- when we got to do the second ride and I got to experience the dashboard up close.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i i would love to see it in daylight i think you get a slightly different experience um in daylight but yeah i i would agree i was i was very pleasantly surprised and and as as we um posted on our our twitter uh yesterday or the day before uh looking at the minimalist dashboard and the large screen the steering wheel almost starts to look out of place and it's like yeah it almost looks like the steering wheel is kind of a, a uh, vestige Right. It's kind of bolted on as like an afterthought as though like, ah, we still have to include this. And so we did a little Photoshop magic and and uh, took out the steering wheel and it it actually looks much more cohesive as a design. <laughs> like the steering wheel does look like, yeah, like you say, some sort of vestigial limb.
0: So the thing I really want to spend some time on for the rest of this episode, and obviously there'll be many more episodes in the future dissecting more of the Model 3. But this tonight, I think we're really going to focus on our impressions in person and so we got out of the vehicle and we're a little disappointed that we, you know, it was great. Like we got to go into
1: it and it was awesome, but it was. We so just strong. wanted more. We wanted. We wanted more. The P100DL drive, we wanted yeah, more.
0: Yeah, we wanted more. So we were very lucky to get to go again. And I don't think almost anyone got to go again. Um, so yeah. it won't reveal our source, but we did get to go again. <laughs> and um, so we we went again. And this time I got to sit in the front seat
1: yes you had and access to the console I had access
0: to the screen i had access to the console and we had a driver who apparently had been at tesla for eight years and definitely really knew her stuff about the model 3
1: and was very yeah, much more enthusiastic
0: awesome. about she the was vehicle.
1: way better and she gave us a little little taste of the acceleration
0: <laughs> yes so we get in and so i, w- I want to talk about the ui a bit more so the the steering wheel has two stocks now instead of four. And I remember chatting about autopilot. And when we first saw the screen, I was a little concerned about like, where are they going to put all the information about autopilot and your situational awareness and controls that are buttons on the, uh, on the model S and model X in model three. And then we got that tip from a Tesla employee that there are no buttons on the dash. And so then it, became questionable where are they going to put the emergency light button and where are they going to put the glove box because the glove box was a button so it did turn out the glove box is a button in the UI on the touchscreen and the emergency button is in the top uh section in between the two reading lights so like that up,
1: up above like up where above. the rear view mirror is right exactly
0: so above the rear view mirror so the dash is completely unadorned from buttons and the has the the, the steering wheel has a stock for drive, park, neutral, reverse, and also autopilot, which you double tap down and our driver confirmed. So that's cool. That is previously been on a single stock, but also on that stock, you traditionally on the model S and X can twist it to adjust follow length. And now that is a setting on the touchscreen. So you will be touching that to adjust it. The windshield wiper has a way, the the, the left-hand turn signal, right-hand turn signal is on the left and right, left side like normal, but then it has a way to turn on windshield wipers, but nothing else. And so then on the screen, you can adjust the frequency, but in all honesty, you shouldn't be touching it at all because it's an auto wiper. So they've eliminated a lot from that. And then the the, the wheel has uh, two scroll wheels. One... They both go up and down as sort of uh, rollers, but they also have little micro switches, which you can tap to the left and right. And I believe you can depress. So it sort of is a five way, I guess. Um, (laughs) And those are clearly the main navigational control unit for the touchscreen. If you are hands on steering wheel and our second drive drive, this was before we got to see all the other people's videos and everything. So this was totally brand new to us. So she was like, you know what? You can actually like change your mirrors. There's no buttons <laughs> for mirrors. They're just on the steering wheel. So she tapped on the screen. And also, by the way, the screen is much more responsive. Yeah. Uh Everything was moving much more fluidly. And I think the best example of this is the HVAC, which I'll get to. So anyways, she touches into settings real quick and then goes to mirrors and she's like, Oh, cool. So my left hand mirror, I can scroll up and down to adjust the tilt and I can push the the, the left, uh, scroll wheel to the left to tilt it out, left and right. And then, uh, up and down. So that was like, Oh man, that's super cool. And it sort of, it's super, it is, is a lot more sort of connected. Cause every time you adjust your mirrors in like an electric car, or electric control, you sort of have to flip that little switch to a move to the right or left. And so that's really cool. Not one less thing to clean and deal with on your left-hand door. And then she also was like, and the uh, telescoping and the height of the steering wheel is the same way. So then she tapped the screen again, and then you can move the scroll wheel up to move it up and down, and the right one down and up to adjust the tilt, uh, or sorry, the, the telescopic nature of it. So that just seems so cool to sort of be touching the steering wheel and it's moving up and down and side to side. And I think those two elements really encapsulate the transition that tesla's made from physical sacred cow buttons that are in vehicles to we are a software company why the heck are we doing all of this with physical buttons from other suppliers the way it's always been done and i think they'll get some of these a little wrong some of the software might be a little weird but the the philosophical direction here of the touchscreen combined with some general purpose controls on the steering wheel, I am very, very excited about this because as I mentioned in the Model S review, using the controls on the steering wheel, even in the Model S, I was really excited about. And I think this takes it to a whole nother level of control and opens up so many opportunities for them to create this interface between the touchscreen and the steering wheel while we still have to have a steering wheel.
1: <laughs> yeah and and you have to imagine just speaking practically um having less that means less parts right less less things to go wrong less difficulty and expense manufacturing and uh, to boot it also means that it can they can iterate and your your interface can actually improve over time as well
0: yeah exactly and and they they mentioned this at their press event earlier that the the even though it might seem more complex to have the controls in the software, they said it does remove the part reduce parts and it's not more complex it's actually simpler uh, to do it this way than they did in the s n x and as soon as it's in sort of soft software like this where there's just general purpose buttons that can be reprogrammed on the fly contextually, you then go back and look at these controls and they're uni uni, like uni purpose it's just like a physical keyboard where it's like you've got your your end call button on your phone and you're like well (laughs) we got an end call button i guess that's what it does and then you look at your control panel on the side or you look at your you know your porsche cayenne or something there's a button for every single function and you're like well this car is never going to change anyways so i guess it's okay that it's a button but then you look at the tesla and you look at the model three and you're like wow this really there's just so much that they could evolve and change that it really, I do think, will age quite well, quite gracefully, um, because there's just so little physical manifestation except for the dashboard and the screen. And the screen will adjust and change over time. I mean, it already is using a new typeface. It's using a slightly different layout. And we've also now heard that there's ui components of it that they're testing and still evolving with the employees over the next two months uh so the software team's taking advantage of the fact that they didn't really have to be completely done uh for the ship date um but obviously the the physical hardware is but um, things like the range uh, are still being adjusted i noticed that some of the detail views like adjusting your follow distance are not nearly as detailed yet um it also looked like the um There are a couple uh, features that are not yet uh, fully implemented, like when you adjust your seat on the Model S or X, it then alerts you like, hey, do you want to save this to your driver profile? And that doesn't seem to be implemented yet. Um, So, you know, that's sort of the wonder of software and over the air updates with Tesla is this is all going to be able to continue to improve and be rolled out, which lets them both refine it and take more time than other manufacturers would have. To solve the same problem right like every right. car that ships now has to ship with its software and that's kind of it so you you don't really get to have the amount of rethinking that tesla is doing because you can't get that done in a year or even two or three and yeah. tesla's like well some of these features won't be available right now to our employees but that's okay because it'll update so i'm really excited about that
1: yeah it's it's very unusual for I mean, it's almost unprecedented for cars to like, evolve in functionality after you purchase them, right? Like I, we've we've mentioned this on previous episodes, but yeah, most of the automotive industry is all about like, you know, hard model years and, and the, what you buy is what you buy. And it's not going to, your 2016 isn't going to gain new features in 2017. It's always going to be the 2016 car that you bought. Um, I think the the only interesting thing is, as you mentioned with the Model S that you drove and the the sort of lagginess and kind of janky UI um is I, I should also specify <laughs> janky UI is, is not a general term. In, in in mobile development, that means that like it stutters. So that's that's not just a general disparagement. Um but like the underpowered CPU GPU. So as right. long as they are actually providing enough horsepower to power the UI, which in this day and age they should do. Um,
0: and and then, it's also a lot more possible now than in twenty eleven,
1: right? Right. So it's so they should be fine. Um, and then yeah, yeah. That that's that that's encouraging.
0: Because one of the probably the most marquee changes to the this manifestation of touchscreen plus reduction of physicality of controls is the airflow and the vents. <laughs> oh yes, tell us about that. So as many of you have all seen, there are no traditional vents in the front. So I think the car I drive now has like four vents in the front. So two in the center stack and then one on each adjacent side for the front passenger and driver. And I'm constantly changing those depending on how hot it is outside. And uh, they're so
1: common and ubiquitous. I don't think anyone even thinks of them as being anything unusual, right? That's just, that's just what you have in a car. And and to be fair, in the Model Three, you do still have a couple in the back seat, but right? Yeah. There, are,
0: yeah, exactly. There are two in the back seat. So, but the front is an entire cha- a single channel uh, built into the dashboard, and rather than vents that you control uh, with your own fingers, uh, you do it through the touchscreen. And so, what they have is this new UI that you pull up, and it presents sort of this. Uh, one on each side, one for the driver, one for the passenger. So it's dual climate and it starts off with this sort of pill shaped gray thing that's on this line and you tap, you touch it and uh, you directly manipulate it along the X and Y axis to wherever you want. And wherever that is, if you put it in the top left corner, air will blow to the top left side of your sort of space And if you put it to the bottom, it will blow air down. And so it has a central channel of air which can adjust vertically vertically up and down, and then it can also go horizontal. But there's another feature where you push one little button And it splits so that you can actually have the air, not all one single sort of stream, but split the stream in two so that it can sort of go around your face or around your body. And those two stay locked and mirrored. So if you move them both up, they both go up or if you move them both down. So then there's sort of this splitter, obviously, that sort of is pushing the air to the side. So it'll uh,
1: split it like right and left.
0: Yeah, it'll split it okay. right and left. Um and then those two stay in lockstep um because it seems as if there's probably some physical thing that's splitting the air and so the the uh up and down is, is
1: not actually it's not like a four-way thing. It's a two louvers probably. Anyways, how did you were you able to feel the air coming at you or was it really diffuse? It was really
0: diffuse. It was 68 or something degrees out. Um, and so we didn't really have much phys- like much difference in the air conditioning when we were driving. Um, so I didn't really feel any of the air, but touching the screen, uh, it was very responsive. If anyone's played with a model SRX and, and sort of done pinch to zoom on the maps, you know, it is not iPad, uh, smooth uh, and not even you know any sort of modern device smooth and so this one was much more good at tracking and sort of the little pill behind your finger followed your finger quite well so it kept up really well it, it will be interesting to see like a is this something they have because what's cool is you can imagine this is something that, that gets built into your driver profile Right. So if you're driving, it puts the air to both the temperature and the physical spacing that you prefer and your spouse is driving and it would switch to the way they like the air right on their face or if you'd like it more diffuse right at the top. So that's right, as really well cool.
1: as the the mirrors and the the steering wheel that we already discussed. Right, exactly. So all
0: those things, especially like air vents, were not something that was built into your profile because you had to touch it to to move it. And now it's software controlled. And so I think it's one of sort of the underappreciated things of software controlled features is the weight of the steering wheel, the you know your your default music, all of these things that traditionally may not have been connected to software are now built in. And now air and HVAC being built in, there's just so many more benefits to that, that sort of the customization. And then if you get into, you know, the model three, uh, in the network in a few years, five years, whatever it ends up being, uh, you know, you'll be able to control the air from the, from the rear seat. Um, (laughs) so lots of really cool stuff there. Uh, there are lots of other little details there. They're using a new typeface. Um, Also, it's a new version number. Uh, We looked at the the firmware and I didn't get a photo of it, but we looked at it and it is a new version that is not yet released on the SNX. And And it seems pretty likely that um, pretty soon the SNX will start following some of these features. Um, Probably once they get through the major production updates for Model 3, I would expect a refresh of Model
1: SNX. Assuming Um, that their CPU, GPUs can handle it. They might need some sort of accelerator processor.
0: Yeah, what I'm thinking is they will they will probably do some updates, light skinning to the existing UI, and then they will release new S's and X's with this horizontal screen and the the low dashboard um, with a more overhaul of the interior. Because um, I just don't think you want the those cars look a little bit more dated now. I think yeah. that's one of the things that it sticks out is if you look at the Model Three interior shots from the press uh, the press shots that Tesla released. Compared to the Mall S and X press shots, they, one of them looks much more modern and futuristic and one doesn't, and the Model 3 is the one that looks more futuristic. And generally removing stuff uh, and simplifying things helps them look more futuristic and
1: modern. Yeah, I guess if you, if you talk about these sort of iPhone analogies as, as we are wont to do, right? Uh, it's almost like the S and X are sort of an, an evolved feature phone like maybe maybe even like the blackberry like going from a flip phone to a blackberry cuz you've you've got a larger screen but you still have a keyboard and the the model 3 is is going to the iphone where all of a sudden there are no buttons and it's just all one big screen and it just feels like a some sort of I don't know, paradigm shift where you've, you've gone through some sort of singularity event and things are, are different now.
0: Yeah. One other thing before we end on our impressions, I wanted to call out at least on my side, maybe you have some others as well, was the key card,
1: um, key fob debacle (laughs) debate thing. We, you had, you asked every single person that you were talking to about that
0: yeah so i'm really intrigued by it because I, I remember i i felt pretty confident there was going to be a key card and i felt like i've been saying this for a while so i feel vindicated slightly <laughs> um and so the way it works now it, the, the software side was underreported because it's very difficult to see and so i think people have been over uh spinning on the key card p- part but the, the really important part is now that the Tesla app will use Bluetooth low energy, which is sort of in the modern iPhone sixes and Androids from a few years back. Bluetooth low energy doesn't have to pair. Um, And so what's nice about it is it can broadcast and receive uh, continuously. So what they're gonna be doing now is your phone will be your fob. So think about when you get close to your vehicle with your phone in your pocket or your purse, the car will unlock. When you get far away from it, it will lock the same way that your fob works. You will also be able to open your phone, open the app and unlock and lock and horn and do the rear, open the rear trunk. And it won't necessarily have to go over Wi-Fi. It'll just use Bluetooth low energy. So there've been lots of people who use the app for their Model S and model X, but you need cell service or Wi-Fi to be able to connect. And then the car also has to have service because it's actually going over the, you know, local or the you know public internet with Bluetooth, it won't have to do that. So I think that's the main thing. Is you will have, I think most people these days now have their phone in their in their pocket or in their purse with them almost all the time. So of the things you leave your home with, your phone is usually top of that list. So, Certainly,
1: people who buy a Model Three,
0: well, right. So and also people who drive, like kids don't always have cell phones, but people who drive tend to. So that's a pretty good thing. So the default assumption and the the sort of the big shift here of tesla saying your phone is your key so that's the main thing the (laughs) key card is a backup the key card is if your phone dies if your phone gets stolen if you go somewhere and there's still a valet and they park it your cousin or friend or brother or sister or husband or whatever probably not your husband they'll probably have the app uh they (laughs) need to use your car you can give them a key card and the key card is near field communication based so when you get close to the vehicle you tap the card on the b pillar where the cameras are and it will open unlock and then you put the card in the uh cup holder and that's the indication that the card is still in the car and that you should be able to drive it Um, can
1: you are the cards like customized where you can have like a valet profile and a a a cousin profile or i don't know if that software is built
0: yet but the cars the ss and xs do have a valet mode where they limit the top speed and acceleration Mm -hmm. and and settings so like they hide the calendar and other things so i expect if you use a key card you could assign a profile to the key card and so yeah you might be able to do a uh, something like that so what i expect will happen is i will use the i will have my phone with me most of the time the bluetooth is what will open the door so i don't need to pull out my wallet i don't need to do anything different like that's great i don't even have to have the fob so i think it is net net positive the reason i would need the key card i will probably keep in my wallet just in case something happens and i don't have my phone or it dies or whatever and i still need to get into the car so yeah because if your
1: battery dies like your phone won't do you any good because it's not some sort of like physical thing It's, it's a broadcast signal
0: right yeah it needs your phone needs to be powered on for the bluetooth to be working so so that's one thing also Apple and I'm not sure about the Android SDKs yet, but Apple now is allowing people to read NFC in iOS 11 and most likely in a point update or maybe next year, they will allow people to write NFC and transfer information because right now, NFC, like you can broadcast something, but you also sometimes need to transmit. Anyways, uh, at some point they may, you know, you could use your phone as a key card, but who cares? Like at that point, you just have Bluetooth low energy. So anyways... I find that really intriguing. And it's just another example of Tesla using software to eliminate an annoyance of having a key fob. And I think it will seem in a few years like strange that you used to have this have a key and the same way that, you know, putting your key into the car is so antiquated, like no one does that anymore. You all have these fobs. And I think having this little plastic thing that you have to carry around is silly it should just be absorbed into your phone so it's it's i'm really excited about that and tesla is sort of pushing the vanguard here both because like you said their customer base is quite prepared to have a smartphone and wants something to be technology focused but also it would be a little weird if these other car makers don't offer that across all their lines um at some point they will but you know you have to you have to probably be able to connect to the internet to verify that the bluetooth connection is correct and I'm really right. cu- curious about the, the security of this all because it also means now your your my Tesla account needs to be really secure. Like, that password
1: <laughs> needs to be really secure because— It needs some two-factor auth on there.
0: Yeah, because you would be able to, you know, install the app and sign into your account, and now you have Bluetooth connection to the car and you could open the door. So— um, yeah, I, I, it made me realize I really need to make sure everyone who has access to my car has a really strong password on their, uh, <laughs> my Tesla account. Anyways, there's a few other things we'll talk about. Obviously people are really concerned about when they're going to get their car. Probably next week. We'll talk more about that since
1: not <laughs> anyone listening. Probably next week. You're going to get your car.
0: I'm, well, no, sorry. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, most people listening are not Tesla employees. So waiting another week to hear more of us talk about, When you're going to get your car doesn't matter too much um, since (laughs) no one's getting them right away. Uh, But it is months still uh, as we expected. Um, And uh, we'll probably talk more about the option pricing and things like that. But uh, if there's anything in particular people want to ask us about, um, they can can message us. But closing statements. So you... (laughs) You do not have a reservation for a Model 3. I do uh, not. You are still in the market for a new car at some point soonish? Is that correct?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, our car is like 10 years old now we had some some problems with it recently, so we we are newly uh interested in 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 uh purchasing vehicles. So, yeah, yeah, I mean if the, if the Model 3 was something that was for sale right now or at least yeah, maybe in the next like 3 to 6 months, I I might just buy one. Yeah.
0: So based on all the conversations we have had over the past year and then actually experiencing it, what was the biggest delta in expectation versus the real physicality of the
1: vehicle? Um, hmm, It's hard to say. I mean, just because it is physical form, uh, that was enough of a, a thrill, I guess, um, that this thing that had been sort of vaporware and... and you know much ballyhooed uh was something that we were sitting in uh that was pretty cool um i was just in a lot of ways it was it's um i don't want to say underwhelmingness but kind of uh ordinariness or you know it just um I, that sounds like i'm I'm downplaying it but like it just it looked great that's what i, I guess that's what i mean like it was it was it didn't look like it was trying hard to be futuristic or like, you know, doing all sorts of kind of these annoying things that, that electronic or hybrid or whatever vehicles do where they're calling a lot of attention to the fact that they are new and futuristic instead of actually just doing the work to figure out what an actual like next generation thing would be. Right. Um, And I feel like that like sitting in it, it felt this is right. Like this is the future. The only, you know, what was interesting is the one thing that kind of like was the record scratch. Like pull me back to the past moment was when we're sitting in the back seat and every, looking up at the front. There's the screen and this really clean, like completely like minimal dashboard. And then I look down at the center console and there's the old school like air vents. And then right underneath them, each one of those is a old school like USB A port which seemed really like that whole little area just seemed like it was like 5 years behind the rest of the car um but yeah beyond that uh, it it was amazing i was i was incredibly impressed
0: yeah i think that's a really good point that um a lot of electric cars and new car companies push a concept car futurism that the movie futurism of whiz bang craziness isn't this amazing that we can even make it look like this but it's not practical
1: <laughs> it's not it's futurism with a giant text futurism written on it yeah so that you know it's futurism
0: and i think you're right when you get inside the model 3 you're like this is a real car there's nothing about this that is going to draw attention to the fact that it is wild or crazy or strange there's there's no axis that's pulled so far that you're like, oh, this is too ridiculous. That you'd have to sort of make an it's excuse. It's almost in the for opposite. It.
1: Yeah, it's almost the opposite direction where they they just went super minimalist.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just sort of like, well, here's a dashboard. It just happens to have nothing in it. Uh, it happens to be quite far forward. Uh, we've deleted buttons. We've deleted shifters. We've deleted vents. And when you do all that and fill the holes in with what should be there. <laughs> well, you just get a fairly really simple dashboard, and then we have a screen, and it happens to be mounted like this because the dashboard's pretty far sunken in, so you wouldn't be able to reach if it was built into the dashboard. So it's on a stand. And the screen is the main interface plus the
1: steering wheel. Like, what else do you need? Like, right. It kind of felt like the, like the, I mean, going back to the iPhone again, it felt like using the first iPhone where it's like the answer to like beating the Blackberry and coming up with the next thing wasn't inventing like better keys, right? It was actually just doing away with the keys altogether. And now, if you
0: look at the interior of a BMW 3 Series, the interior of an A4, the interior of a C Series, Mercedes, those all look the same and the model three looks very different. Yeah. And before the model three, you would look at those three and start to notice what's different. Like, Oh, this one has more of metallic trim and this one has (laughs) curved vents. And once you eliminate those, you're like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Why am I even comparing those? Like, I don't want that. Get rid of it. And I think it creates this huge distinction between the model three interior and all those other cars. And they now become, all those other cars and it is very clear the model 3 was started from an assumption of let's not have anything what what can we do with nothing and building up from there what's required and sort of the our favorite software mantra of just like don't presume you need any feature make sure the feature has to fight for its existence Uh, and the iphone has an a mute switch because it really had to fight for well mute is extremely valuable if you need to just turn off the sound right away. And it's one of the few buttons on the iPhone still. And you know, I think that obviously there're some buttons in the model 3 that they f- feel like are still really really important and others that they just don't. Um and I I really appreciate that. And I know there'll be some things that are going to be awkward and strange and take some time to get get used to. But typing on glass on a screen took a while to get used to, but the benefits it offered were so great that that learning curve was worth it for people who were used to the old way. And for people who are brand new and don't care, touching the screen when you don't have to touch the steering wheel is going to be a lot better experience. Right. So I, I, can't, I am more excited to get the car because of the interior than any other feature of the car and autopilot. Those two things are the main reason I really want the vehicle. I could really you know, I could give up a lot of other niceties, which they now have improved upon and made really solid. But those are things I'm really, really excited about. And another reason why I think this is going to be the future direction for Tesla vehicles. I don't think it's just cost cutting. A lot of people have sort of said, oh, it's just sort of cost cutting and they don't want to have all this stuff. I will put a stake in the ground that the Model S and X within a year will have a redesign that echoes the Model 3. And I was thinking today, I think it's going to be really telling what the inside of the semi looks like, because (laughs) I was thinking, what do you need in a semi? And uh, I'm sure they're really thinking hard about that as well, because wouldn't you just want to build that into the software as well? Like, why would you want to build anything, all these extra gauges and switches and extra brakes and air brakes, all that stuff will be in the software. No crazy dashboard. So I think if the, if the semi looks similar to the three in that it has almost no buttons, I think we'll be very, you know, two points are starting to make a line in the trend line for Tesla. So I'm quite excited for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, especially for the semi where you just, it's a, it's just a matter of, of going through the exercise of taking a step back and it's like, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? And what you're trying to accomplish is you need to control a system and understand the state of a system. And, you know, for mechanical systems, you might need all these gauges and buttons and everything, but you don't actually want those just for the sake of having them. Like they're just a means to an end of controlling or understanding something. And if you can do it all in software, all the better. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, any closing, any other thoughts, Mike? No, no, i mean I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to to uh, be one of the few people in the world who's been in a Model 3 twice. Uh, That was really exciting. Um, And uh, yeah, I'm I'm very excited about it as a vehicle. Um, It is, and uh, the performance seemed uh, great in the little glimpse we got of it, and I'm sure uh, it will be. And uh, yeah, it just seems like, uh, I guess the best way to say it is that it seems like when when you now look at a regular car it seems old um like yeah. it instantly seems like you've seen you've been in the future and now you're looking back at like you know an eight track tape or something you're like oh yeah you know i guess that was great at the time but you know there you know there's a better way how yeah. about you what do you No,
0: think? i feel like i'm uh it sounds a little extreme but sort of enlightened in a way it's like like oh yeah now driving this other car like driving our normal car it's like ah uh, i don't just give me the screen. Like, why is there all this stuff? Like, ugh, I just don't want all this stuff. It just is ugly. It gets dusty. It's hard to clean. It doesn't look nice. Like the, I just, I want, I want the model three point of view uh, more now <laughs> having actually been inside it yeah, that it's real. And um, we'll have a lot more to talk about with the, the vehicle and the options and the pricing, but you know, regardless of what you get, that's that core philosophy is going to be pervasive across every model three. and. I think most people will appreciate it when they get inside of it. I think once you – if you go to the store when they're available and you do a test drive with a Model 3, I think it will be very hard for most people to – not be drawn to it in some way. I think They may not be able to explain why, but I think they will be drawn <laughs> to it in a similar way that people were drawn to smartphones. Um, yeah, I
1: think, and similar to, to the smartphone transition, there will be some very loud people who are decrying that this is so obviously wrong and I need my buttons and everyone else will just get used to it and eventually realize that this is much better. Um, but there will yeah. still be some people who want their Blackberries and you know, that's, that's just life, but the, the, the mass of the market will move on.
0: So just again, want to thank Anwar Beck, uh, and Russell over at the Tesla geeks for, uh, for inviting us so graciously. Um, and to that end, if you are planning to buy an S or an X, anytime soon uh, please use the referral code which is theirs in our uh in our show notes and on the website and that will get you both a thousand dollars off your purchase price as well as free supercharging so uh help them out and uh, it's a thank you from us and then uh, if you want to get in touch
1: with us how can they do that mike yeah, you can reach us as usual on our website at uh com, where you can find our episodes and comments and whatnot. Um, you can reach us on Twitter.com. Our screen name is at the Tesla Show. And uh, you can reach us on uh, the newly highly valued Reddit.com uh, at r slash the Tesla Show.
0: The billionaires club over there.
1: Um Yeah, one point eight billion. Billion.
0: Reddit. It's pretty popular.
1: Um, cool. Well, next week
0: I believe we will be discussing. I'm pretty confident we'll be discussing one of our favorite topics:
1: quarterly earnings. Oh boy, it's Christmas in July. I mean, August. August t- now. Jeez.
0: Two episodes back to back of some of the most exciting topics for for me personally. So I'm quite excited about that. Uh, and then we will get back to some more dissection of Model Three news and features. And I think those will be uh, fun as well. So with that, I will talk to you later, Mike. And uh, again. That was a lot of fun last week, so pretty cool. Still riding high. Riding high. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.